Hey everybody, thanks for joining us here on Bikes and Big Ideas. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister and host of the show here, and I am very excited to share this conversation with the one and only Jesse Melamed, who is the reigning and, I suppose, final EWS overall champion since the series has now been rolled over to become the EDR World Cup. And in this conversation, we cover a lot of pretty cool stuff, including Jesse's overall series win last year and the battles with Richie Rude that he's had over the last several seasons for that title. And also touch on a bunch of the big news, including the fact that right after pulling off that series win, Jesse made the leap from his longtime frame sponsor of Rocky Mountain over to Canyon. And Jesse does a really good job of talking about the bike setup and mental approach changes that got him over the hump on winning the overall title, why it was time to have that change of scenery and wind up with Canyon, his bike setup now and how he has chosen his new race bike going forward since Canyon's got a bunch of bikes that are very plausibly enduro race bikes within their lineup and a whole lot more. And we also talk about the start of the 2023 race season since that's kicked off with a couple of races the absolutely preposterous near crash save that jesse described as being a near-death incident from medina and a whole lot more so this is a good one you're going to enjoy it but before we get into it i do want to take a quick minute to remind folks to check out our blister plus membership and all of the excellent benefits that includes including $25,000 of per incident injury protection from spot, which can both cover you in the event of a very expensive major injury, but also just make it so that you don't have to do the cost benefit analysis of whether it's worth getting medical attention in the event of something minor, because it's going to be free. So check that out and see all the good stuff you get with it which also includes a bunch of really good deals on a whole lot of ski bike and general outdoor gear and the ability to drop us a line and get some personalized recommendations on your next bike pair of skis pair of running shoes the setup of your current bike whatever you need help with we're here for it so link in the show notes give that a look and enjoy this conversation with the one and only jesse melamed Well, Jesse, great to sit down and chat. And how are you doing? And where are you this morning? I'm at my home in Squamish, British Columbia, Canada. And yeah, I'm doing well. As I was saying, uh, summer has finally arrived. We had a very, I would, I would call it a difficult winter for, for us up here. Like a lot of constant snow and rain in Squamish, which we don't always get. Like rain, sure, but snow and closing down the trails is tough. But now it seems like we're getting more days without rain than days with rain. So it's a nice place to be. Yeah. I'm just over the border in Washington and in the same boat there. So very glad to have some dry trails and good riding going finally after what was definitely a long winter, but uh, you've been busy. Uh, and I mean, a lot to cover here, including the win in the, World Series overall last year, and then subsequent move to Canyon and a bunch more stuff that we'll get into. But I guess I just want to start with the last race season and kind of this overall win coming together is sort of a culmination of being up at the pointy end and close 
few times and I guess sort of the unofficial truncated win in 2020 where they didn't really hand out a proper title because the season got cut short. And so first off, congratulations. And then on top of that, what do you feel like kind of all came together and clicked to make this season the one where you pulled off that overall? Yeah, I think that one, you know, the, the more time that I've had to sit on it, it's it's been really great because I feel like I've I've really been able to sit on it and appreciate what I was able to do and appreciate that not, not everyone gets to do it and really just think about how much went into that. You know, I've I've been riding bikes with my family since I was like three years old and and I just think of all the people I still live close to home, so I see my parents and all my old family friends all my old like hockey coaches and soccer coaches and all these people that had an influence on my life. And, you know, I was, I was a kid who always had grit and determination and I would say talent. Um, but not like, not like one of those wonder kids, you know, that can just come out at whatever age 17 and start podiuming like some of the other, some of the other guys in the category. So it took me, a while to figure my my shit out and uh that's why yeah it was a really fun season and I've showed glimpses that I've had you know the speed in the past and I've never been able to put a full season together and 2020 was like my uh my my ultimate I know they didn't call it a season but it was perfect it was like a three race block it was just enough for me to get a season like a, a block done and I was I was like the unofficial champ so that was kind of perfect uh and, but then you know until then I hadn't really done a full season and then maybe that gave me the confidence and I finished a full season in 2021 and got third overall there so um I just put my head down even more and worked out some more pieces of the puzzle and everything kind of came together. I mean, it was, I had a, a misstep, Richie had a misstep, but mine was a little bit worse, a little bit less than his. And so I was able to come away with a win and yeah, it felt, it felt really cool. Yeah. And was there anything that you felt like you specifically did differently as far as approach or training or bike setup or whatever else it might've been that was particularly impactful or more just like kind of keeping doing the same thing and it all came together sort of more naturally definitely definitely like just keeping doing the same thing not changing too much from my program knowing that like what I had was working I just needed to like keep doing it uh a big thing you know I've I've always been someone who wanted I don't know what to call it like you know you look at my old posters at my my family's house and it's like I wanted to be a professional hockey player and I wanted to be a professional skier and like I always had these grand dreams, I guess, that I, I wanted to be someone really good and I wanted it so badly. And that kind of stopped me before I was even able to like get there in my early years. And then as, as I started to get some success, it really makes me feel like, okay, you know, like I've, I've, I've gotten it and like, I, I want to keep doing it and, and do better, but like, I'm very, happy and content with what I've done and it allowed me to go forward with less pressure on myself and just be grateful for what I have and really just gave me the room to yeah just I don't know just deal with all of it better the pressure and the emotions and and I, I feel like I was able to come into the 2022 season knowing how what it took but also happy with what I've done and not riding with any like yeah 
anything in my head, just riding to go fast and have fun and, and never really feeling too much pressure. Like every, I had six podiums to start the year and every podium was just as good as the last and just a blessing. And I was like, wow, this is like so cool that I get to do this. And uh, yeah, I was just stoked. So uh, I think that that was that. And I definitely went deeper on my bike setup and that was kind of a big unlock for me. And, but that's again, the culmination of, of many, many years. So yeah, it was just, it was just a lot of things. And that's, I think what makes it so cool. I didn't just come in first year, however young and, and do really well. It's taken me literally 10 years to like find all the pieces of the puzzle and put it together. Right. And it's obviously very much not like you kind of came out of nowhere for this win. You know, you've been up there and battling for it for been, been close for a good long while now and just kind of managed to take the next step. I'd be curious to hear more about that little comment you made about unlocking some stuff with bike setup. What do you feel like you changed or learned or what was the key insight there? Yeah, I think I learned, you know, I learned what my strength and what my weaknesses were and I set my bike up to, I think the, the, the thing that I said is, you know, I set my bike up to save me when I couldn't save myself. And that was like kind of a big thing. I have, I have no problem going fast. I have no problem seeing a section and turning my brain off and going really quickly. And the problem I'd kind of always been reining that back and not like exploding myself. So uh, it was, it was a, a combination of being a little bit smarter and a combination of you know, really setting my bike up to, yeah, to, to, uh, kind of grab me. So I basically made my bike really soft, really, really compliant. And in the moments where I really needed traction, it would, it would really do it. And it for sure, it got overwhelmed in bigger scenarios because it was soft and set up for the smaller scenarios, but I, I have the strength and like the, 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 the might to like get through those, those sections of my bikes being overwhelmed. So it was just really setting it up for, for corners basically is that's where you need to carry your speed and, and not go off track. And, you know, I look back at all my crashes and most of them were just in corners. So yeah, that was kind of, uh, probably the, the big turning point. That's interesting because you hear all these things about like top level downhillers setting up their suspension, crazy stiff and all this kind of stuff. And so it, and you know, I think there's some extent to which there's some truth to that and, a fair bit to which it's exaggerated and a little bit of kind of legend around it too. But um, it's interesting to hear that you kind of figured out going the opposite way was, was what works. And I think that just shows the difference between downhill and, and enduro. Like I've had that. It's tough because like, I'll, I'll see that and I'll be like, Oh man, like I'm a huge fan of, of all the disciplines and I'll look at those guys and it's just kind of stiff and it makes, makes me and others think, Oh man, we got to like, the downhillers know what they're doing. Gotta run our stuff so stiff, but what they're doing is different. They like have a lot of redirect points, and their tracks deteriorate in a straight rough line. But then, like enduro, the amount of corners that we have that have no support and no traction far outweigh the corners that have support and traction. So you just really have to uh, set your bike up for different things. And like, it's not almost the way you want your bike to be set up. But like, I really just set the bike up for enduro and and going fast at like race race pace and distance like it was you know it wasn't maybe the fastest on the shortest tracks but it was fast over the longer tracks right that's what i was going to say too is that i have to imagine that the length of races has a big factor there too you need to have something that you can hang on to for a good long time whereas 
there's a lot more room to on a downhill bike. We're doing a, you know, three or whatever minute race and that's it. They to just kind of set it up to just go fast in that little short window and have it be a different thing. I guess along those lines, I'd be curious to hear some thoughts from you though. Like if you were just not racing anymore and just going out riding your bike for fun, doing your thing, how differently do you think you would be setting it up from what you're doing on a race bike? Yeah, that's, that's a tough, I've kind of thought about that. I would, there was, there would definitely be things that I would change right now. I love going fast and I love, <laughs> I love racing. So my setup is what I probably would like, but definitely like I, and I always felt this and part of the, the reason I set my bike up soft and I would say balance front to back was because I felt like that bike was a little, a little big for me. And so if I was to not be racing, I would definitely size down and just have a, have a, find a smaller bike and something that's more playful and more fun. And I think with the geometry that we have these days, like head and in terms of head angle and stuff and good suspension, you can find a, a smaller, more playful bike that still holds up in steep techy stuff. Like, a lot of people are jumping on really big bikes and loving them because they can just point it down a steep chute and do nothing and it's fine. But then you come to the corner at the bottom and then you can't, you can't turn it. So yeah, I think that would be the, probably the biggest, the biggest difference. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely trade-offs and a balance to be struck there. Uh, and it is interesting to hear you say that you were riding a bike that felt a little big because we've seen, a lot of other enduro racers kind of taking the opposite tack, like Jack Moore, obviously famously riding a very small bike. I mean, relative to his size, he's also super tall. But what was driving that decision for you to size up a little bit, just wanting a little more stability out of the bike or what? Uh, no options <laughs> is what was driving that. I mean, it's been, I don't know how many years that uh i'm trying to think back like you know first altitudes that i was on in like 2013 when i started racing i was on a size small altitude 27.5 i think and then and then it went to a new altitude and that was i believe only how did that work it might have only come in a medium or something and so i sized or maybe it was a small, but it was going to be a longer small. So I sized up mid-season to a medium to get used to the new small. And then I was on that bike. And then the Instinct came out, I think, only maybe medium. So I was on that. And then this new altitude is only in a, in a medium. So it was like, it's just this, the way the sizing went. It was just they, they never they never made a smaller bike. Okay. Yeah, I was forgetting that there wasn't a small in that. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough then. <laughs> yeah, that guess that makes the decision easy in a way. Yeah. But I mean, I, I can't really, I'm not saying that that's an issue because I hopped on that bike. And once I figured out the suspension in 2020, like I went really fast. So the bike was good. It, it might've felt big, but it was fast. And there's no doubting that like I, that setup worked for whatever reason. It, it set me over the front, front of the bike. And once I had everything balanced, like it really, I could ride that bike very fast. Yeah, certainly results speak for themselves there, I guess it, it was working out. And as you're kind of going through that 2022 season, was there a particular moment where it really felt like, man, I really have a serious chance at pulling off the overall this year, or was it kind of in front of your head the whole time? 
because like particularly early, you and Richie were just back and forth and super tight. And then you opened up a bit of a gap in Whistler and then kind of held on to it from there. But when did it really start to dawn on you that it was happening? I would say, I would say really. And, and I am, I think it's a good thing. Like I only really thought about it. I mean, I thought about it, but like the only time that I really let myself be like, okay, I have this was like the last two stages in Lindenvale at the last race. <laughs> Before that, I never allowed myself to like get complacent or think that like, you know, I have a shot. And really that's just down to Richie being who Richie is. Like even at those first races, yeah, I think we went one and two for the first like four, I don't know how many races, but we were just back and forth winning each one. And for that whole time, like that's why I said I was like, I was very just, yeah, just grateful that I could be battling with this guy. And I was like, well, he's he's going to win it because he's got like two titles already. He's by far the most winningest rider. Like, I'm just, ha- I would just be happy with this. Like, I wouldn't be happy with this second, but like if I can hold on and just like give him a battle, like if, not, if I get second, like that's sweet. Like, I don't, I just want to be happy in my riding and and have a good competition like if i got second and richie beat me i i probably would have been upset of course because i want to win but how can you you know you're not racing elbow elbow to elbow with this guy like if he beats you he just he's beat you so i wasn't really thinking that i was gonna win the overall you know like in the beginning there i was just thinking race to race trying to put a good race together and very much thinking like trying to try trying to win each race but not like trying to win the series it was it was i just want to i just want to beat richie so it was it was kind of good like i remember i got second in in uh scotland at the first race which i was so stoked with come out swinging like second was awesome and i I had a crash and i was four seconds back so i was like okay like that was a good fight and then i won pets in the next one which is a huge win because it had been years since i'd won and i'd gotten like five seconds in a row or something like going back to the season before I had been beaten by like four or five different guys and I was second and I was like finally I won so I was so stoked and then Canada's at the third race I got second and that one upset me because me and Richard were back and forth all day and it came down to the last stage I had like a I don't know five second lead maybe and the last stage was physical it was long and I was like okay like Richie is an absolute animal I know that I have to like give everything for this stage and be so perfect and I I thought I did, but he beat me. And that one really felt like down to the last stage, I I had it and he just, he just crushed me. And I was like, so that was probably the most upset I was all season, I think. And then, and then I think we came back and it was Whistler, which I won with a flat, but Richie also flatted. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So anyways, it was just race by race. Like it was, it was, I, I've, I've never felt like I've truly been in the battle. I felt like I've always been battling out on the day and getting good results. And like, sometimes I'd end up with a win maybe or whatever, but it would just kind of, it would just kind of materialize. Whereas this, like, I remember like knowing times throughout the day, like me and Richie would just be back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, it was, it was really cool. Cause I felt like, I think it was Kanazai was the, it was so cool. Like I, like, I think I won pro stage and then Richie came out swinging and won the next stage. No, he won pro stage. I came out, won the next stage. And it was like, I could see him and his mechanics at the bottom of every stage, like 
talking about the times and like I could see how upset he was getting and I was like okay and then he would beat me and then I would get upset and so like we would just we went back and forth that whole day and that was like one of the funnest races I've had because I felt like I felt like I was riding so well and I had the ability finally to like okay instead of just being careful and trying to mitigate my my mistakes which is usually the the way I would race it was like okay I'm gonna like yeah I can go a little bit I can go a notch further here and like then I would take the stage and Richard would, yeah, I, I just loved it. That was, that was a great race. And I, I was sad. That's, I think why I was sad to lose that race. Cause I was, I was, I was properly like racing that one with the mindset of, of trying to, trying to like, not to say I don't try to win the other ones, but like, I was just like, I, I want to win this race. And yeah, it was good. I think I've told this story on here before, but, um, Richie and I both grew up in the East coast and I'm like four or five years older than him, something like that. And I, very much remember like late in my time being a junior racing DH, he came up as this much younger kid and <laughs> was just suddenly blowing the doors off everyone. And I was like, who the hell is this little kid? And it helped that he then turned out to be Richie rude that, you know, with some hindsight makes it feel a little less ridiculous. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I'd be curious to hear some more about kind of some of what you touched on there about just approaching racing an overall season and you you know you said that like you're looking at it from the perspective of just trying to win every given race and not trying to think too hard about playing 3d chess and like figuring out how to game it to win the overall and just taking it one at a time but tell us more about what that looks like and kind of how you think about dialing in the level of aggression to suit whatever's going on and all that kind of stuff yeah but it, it 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 goes further and further the more you get into it. Like you're talking about a, a whole season and then you distill it down into race by race, which you distill it down into stage by stage, which you distill down into like section by section and preparation. And, and that's truly like, you know, I worked with the mental mental coach for a bunch of years and he was a good friend of mine from, from Whistler and back home. And um, he, yeah, he, he helped me mainly to just, really be in the moment and not get ahead of myself. Cause that was always my issue. It was like, I wanted it so badly before I even started the first stage. I was thinking I'm winning, you know, like, and I, you want, you want to be, you want to be cautiously like optimistic and confident, but I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. Like you haven't even done anything yet. And you like, you're thinking, Oh, like I'm, I'm going to do so well. And so he really just helped me to like step back and do the preparation really well. And when you get to the first stage, like, and, and this is what it is now for me is I, I've always prepared really well. I've always trained really, really hard. And I put everything I, I have into this and I sacrifice a lot for it. And so when I step up to the first stage, I'm like, okay, like you've done everything you can now just ride your bike. And, and that's really what's helped is like, if you're on race day, like you can't really be going much faster than you should be going if that makes sense like you can only ride as fast as you can ride and as soon as you try to push over that limit which i used to do i just crash and so now it's like just go as fast as you can and that's where you're going to end up so there is an element of like racing and going hard at every split second in that race course but <clears throat> that's just it's almost like habit at that point it's just you've done all the training you've done all the preparation and like as soon as it as soon as you say go just you you just do what you are are meant to do and just and just ride fast and so that's that's how I've approached the last seasons is just stage by stage 
and as soon as you step up to that stage put everything out of your head and just just race your bike it's that's like yeah it's it's not like I, people say like oh that's the easy part you've done all the hard work and it's like it's not easy because it's really freaking hard the the speed these days and the intensity you have to go is like insane so yeah it's just it's just not thinking too far ahead i think it's like you you want to be confident you want to know that you can do it but just you can't get ahead of yourself yeah and that's kind of what i was going to say like it's that sounds simple but very much an easier said than done situation and well totally because everyone wants success and all these kids coming up are like they they want to be the best and it's like who doesn't like of course of course you want that but you know you you can't yeah you just i don't know you can't let it get to you too much you just have to put the work in and and if things are going to work out they're going to work out and it's i don't want that to come across as like you shouldn't be working hard. You have to work as hard as you possibly can. But when things aren't working out, like you keep doing the work. And that's, I think I'm a good example of that. Like I've had so many injuries and so many setbacks, but I never let it stop me. And as soon as I could get back from rehab and start training, like I was, I was back to it. I think that's why I did well in, in COVID. Like I maybe took a couple weeks off and I had a great time with my roommates, just like having a really fun time in COVID. And then I don't think I've ever trained harder. Like it was so, you had no social obligation. And I was just every single day in my basement, I bought some kettlebells, I had my trainer and I just trained. Like I was just on such a good schedule. And I've like, I've never been stronger. I don't think than that. And it's like a lot of people I know just, they had the because this is the thing we did we had no idea if we were going racing we had no idea what obviously at that point what the world was doing and i knew the only thing that i like knew how to do especially since there's nothing that you can do i just i just trained in case the inevitable like you know if we're gonna go racing i just want to be ready as soon as someone tells me it's time to go and so i think that's always been my mindset is just work hard and and things will happen for you yeah and i guess sort of keep moving it along here i mean wrapped up the 2023 season, got that win. And then you've moved teams to ride for Canyon now, uh, after being on Rocky for quite a long time. And I guess just to start off, I'd be curious to hear kind of what spurred that made you feel like it was time for a change. What brought it about? Yeah. I mean, there's also, yeah, another thing where there's a lot of, a lot of backstory to that. I mean, I've been with Rocky for, I had been with Rocky for, I think, 14, or, I forget what it is now, 15. I think I was 14 at the time, and I was on some Team Whistler cycling with my coach at the time, and they were on Rocky. So I've been running a Rocky for like 15 years, and I just got another, like, one of those things where I was in the right place, right time, and always got stepped up to like a team, and always got given an opportunity, but worked hard, made it happen, and and then for once I started having success in the EWS and winning, I had companies approaching me, obviously. So I had talks with companies every time my contract was up. So that I think like starting in 2017, I had some serious talks with other teams and, you know, just, it was exciting. I'm, I'm a kid and I'm, I'm doing well and I have these big teams coming after me. And so of course I'm going to, I'm going to entertain those offers and it never really felt right. It was really tough to leave what didn't, feel like was fully fleshed out at Rocky yet. Like I really in, enjoyed what I had there. And we were, we were like kind of at that point in the process of building the team that we would eventually build, which is I think one of the most enviable, enviable teams in the circuit. Um, but over all those years, uh, because I started on like the French side of the team, 
uh, with Fred Glow and like Tribe. Uh, I knew the Frenchies and and I knew Fabian Burrell specifically, and I'd raced with him in the past. And every time my contract was up, we would talk, and he would just give me advice. Like he's always kind of point man for for Canyon. And every time I talked to him, and he would just be like, "No, I think like you've got a good thing at Rocky. Um, they're giving you everything you want. Like they're paying you well. Like just stay." And so that was always really cool to me. And then this time came around, and I'd I'd I guess I hadn't won overall yet, but I was like in a, in a good place and he had reached out and this time it was a bit different. He was like, Hey, like, yeah, I think, you know, maybe, maybe it's time. Like we can offer you some really, some really good stuff at Canyon. And um, yeah, it just kind of got me really excited. He got me excited about everything that Canyon was offering. It felt like everything that I pushed for and asked for at Rocky Canyon was just like trying to like was pushing on me like they just wanted to su- support me in so many ways and that was that felt like what I wanted in, in my next step I feel like the journey with Rocky was was kind of it's weird because at the time like it was this was in probably August post North American block so I still had I think actually so Richie had like done his shoulder already so the, the title, like, again, it wasn't, it wasn't mine, but it was like leaning my way. Um, uh, and so maybe I thought like, yeah, I'd, I would have had a successful season and it felt like a good place to, I didn't, I didn't want to end things with Rocky, I guess. Like it, it just, there was just a new exciting opportunity and new people to work with new experiences. And I'm, I'm not old, but I'm like, <laughs> I've had a good career and I was like, okay, I've given everything that I have into this sport to race. And here's a company that is going to give everything that I give and more. And so for the next, you know, for the rest of my career or however long, like I, I continue racing for, I want someone who is there for me. And I, if, if I'm already going to sacrifice everything for this, I want someone else that's doing the same thing. And I want to, to take it to the next level and to really finish as strong as I possibly can. So that was, that was kind of the biggest thing is Canyon is, a racing company through and through the owner just like loves racing and uh he was excited to have me on board and so it was just that was kind of the biggest thing it was just a company whose passion is in racing and that's kind of where mine is you know yeah definitely and just it makes sense that bigger company bigger team more resources get to do some different stuff and have some new opportunities and how much sort of trepidation did you have about moving on to a different bike and setup and you know it's different suspension and brakes and all that too not just the frame changing and like because you sort of talked about this years-long process of figuring out your setup on your rocky at that point and then it all kind of clicks you win the overall and then change just about everything immediately thereafter <laughs> what did that feel like yeah <laughs> yeah again i think it goes back to having having the success allowed me to relinquish any like control or concern over that part in the future. Like I want, I obviously want to, I don't, I don't work as hard as I do to not win, but it was like, I'd, I'd won and now it's time to try something new. It's like a new challenge. And, and to be honest, I was pretty confident in my ability to like figure things out and, 
I don't, you know, I don't give up. And I, if, if something's not working, I will try harder and harder to figure it out. So I knew that like, it might not be in the first year, maybe not even the second, but like at some point I would figure out, I would figure it out. Like I'm not someone who just like lets things be and just gets frustrated about it and, and doesn't work towards it. Like I was, I was going to do everything I could to, to figure it out. And this is the thing is I knew a company like Canyon behind me and Fabian specifically, like he, he just wants to develop racers. And I knew that like with this team, there was no, there was no possibility that like, I would just, I wouldn't be able to continue my form. Like I, I have, all of the pieces and if the bike and the parts is a major piece those are just a bike and parts those things can be figured out they can be changed they can like it's i just knew that it would be fine like it 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 might not be quick and it might not be easy but it was gonna happen so i wasn't too worried about that um but yeah it's it's a weird thing to like the moment things (laughs) everything goes together and you win you switch but i mean yeah like, like i said it was just I was kind of, I was kind of ready, new challenge, new motivation, new people. Um, it was hard, definitely sad to leave the team like that. It was just all my best friends and it was always like a fun thing to go traveling or go racing because it was like just hopping on a plane with all your friends and, and going to these races. So that was probably the hardest part for sure is, is, was leaving something behind, I think, but you know, it was an, it was an exciting opportunity. So it was also exciting to go somewhere new. Right. And I think what you said makes a ton of sense about just maybe taking a little time to get the setups figured out, but being confident that you can get there. And I think that was the thing that I was interested in was like, that totally sounds right. You know, you'll, I'm, I have no doubt that you can figure out the setup and get something going on the new bike. It's not like, you know, you hear people on the internet going off about how like, Oh, X is so much better than Y or whatever. And like funny story about that. Like, I I'm very involved like online I'll be in the vital forums and on pink bike and I don't know like <laughs> consumers legitimately got to me and I was like oh shram shram breaks or whatever like it's this and this is worse this is better and I went testing with the team like in in October after the season and uh I had my race bike that was like just won the overall fully dialed and then they they gave me the strive uh, full rock shocks full shram everything and i just like back-to-back testing and i like get on this bike and i was like oh it, it's fine it rides it's got two wheels it's got brakes like suspension works i like couldn't believe how fine it was and that's not a like derogatory fine that was just like it's i can ride this thing totally fine like even though my bike is fully set up like i wasn't going race pace and that's why i know my bike would like perform but this thing like the brakes work. The suspension felt great. The bike felt good. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe like, <laughs> I just, it was just so funny that I let people get into my head and I, I go back to back on these two bikes. And I was like, yeah, no, that's sweet. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, in my job of just testing all this stuff and reviewing it, like there are certainly differences, but I think it's really hard to say that in really any, pick a category, anything that there's like, a clear categorical best anything. There are differences, there are trade-offs, things feel a little different, but it's not nearly that cut and dried. Um, but one thing I was curious to ask about is, you know, you mentioned the Strive there for a minute, but Canyon's got really probably three bikes that could at least conceivably be a, an Enduro race bike, even before you start getting into wheel size options. And so 
would be curious to hear some more about what your process is like for figuring out which of the bikes you wanted to be on and how that's all going and whether you think you might be doing some switching back and forth between models too, depending on course or whatever it might be. And like, we're talking about spectral strive and torque here just to frame that a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, you picked a great time for this podcast because things are in a, in a good moment, but yeah, I first got on the, on the strive when I first tested and that bike felt yeah, really good. Like I thought the suspension platform was, it was super interesting for me because I, like I said, with this, this, the, the Rocky had, that I had been on, like for whatever reason, like the sizing, whatever, like I, it really made me, and it's just the way that my mind works too. Like I just really got into the the development side of things or like the, the fine tuning of things. I bought the telemetry system. I was like doing all of my data on the suspension and <clears throat> really getting into, the, into that side of things. And so I'd, I'd only been on a Rocky for however many, 15 years. So getting on a different suspension platform, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And immediately I could feel the difference. Like it was just, I just felt like there was, there was uh, a good, um, I don't know what to call it. Like a, a really, a good character to the, to the suspension feel in, in the rear end. It was just like really had defined small bump, mid stroke and end stroke support um so i i really enjoyed that and then obviously i i didn't end up riding that bike because uh the first two races were in tasmania which we'd raced in before and derby uh we raced in derby before but not medina and derby was like really flat technical pedally and the spectral was a 150 mil bike which we overstroked to 160 it was smaller it was more nimble it was lighter um, and having raced in Derby before, I was like, this is the perfect bike. Like it's techie, but it's not like straight line bashing through rough stuff, trying to hold a line. It was just like big square edged, big rocky moves and then like berms and jumps and flow. And, and so I was like, okay, that like, that's the bike that I, I would want to be on anyways. So went to the spectral pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, Medina was way gnarlier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> hundred percent of fish out of water there, but, uh, and that's pretty frustrating. Cause I, I was on pace, I think for a podium and I just had a, a big mistake and big crash and, and another mechanical. So that, that race is a bummer. I'm, I'm bummed about that one, but came back and got a podium at Derby. So I was, I was glad to prove that like the bike choice was a good one. Uh, there's no way I could have won that Derby race cause Yeti team pre-practice the shit out of that place. So, uh, I felt like I won that race. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was good. So, yeah, and then moving forward, I mean, we, the us, me, and the team had always said that I'd be on this drive for Europe, and I just got my my drive uh, last week. So I've been on that. Spent the week on it. Uh, spent the weekend on it. Had a small local race, and yeah, I'll be on this drive going forward. So probably not switching back and forth. The drive was always the bike that I wanted to be on, um, but the Spectral just for Tasmania seemed like a good choice, and maybe going forward if there's another race like that it's hard to know because we don't always get to go back to the races we go to i just knew derby and so I, I knew that that was a good place to start so gotcha okay that makes a ton of sense and so yeah sp- strive going forward tell us a little bit more about what you're doing for setup on that and you talked about soft suspension in general but i'd be curious to hear if you have any other thoughts like about not necessarily specific parts that you're running right now or whatever, but just kind of general philosophy on bike setup and what your approach looks like when you're 
getting on a new bike like you are right now and figuring out all the stuff that goes into that. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I would say first off getting on this drive, like never jumped on a bike and felt so good straight away. Like I literally, we got it Friday afternoon. Adam did a huge pull, built it like over the, basically overnight, <laughs> got me, got it done. Cause it was just like raw frame, nothing in there. And then got it in, practiced it Saturday, two laps and then raced it on Sunday. And unfortunately I had a mechanical from some other thing on, on stage one. So I had to miss stage two, but came back and won the last three stages. So I was like straight up to speed on the thing and super stoked. So, uh, we obviously did measurements like bike to bike just to get like the reach handlebar height and everything kind of like pretty similar. Um, so the biggest thing was like the stack height between those two bikes is a lot different just in terms of like, it's that's like bottom bracket to top of head tube, which, you know, one of those numbers that people don't really think about, but like when you're setting up like, oh, I have this many spaces on my stem, I'll just like swap this over to the other one. You're like, well, I'm actually like, I had like 35 mils of spaces under my stem on the spectral and now I have zero on my drive. So it's a good thing that we, we double check that measurement. But uh, I would say, yeah, like it's generally, especially for enduro, the way I go about it is my like almost you would call it like your your neutral like your neutral stance or like your ready stance on a bike like where you're you're kind of in a slight attack position but just kind of casually like how can you just like roll down this tactical trail and be able to kind of rest because in enduro like there's a lot of parts where it's long and if you have a chance to rest you just want to be able to stand up and like kind of release your grip on your hands and take a breath and and that's kind of you know how your you know how your seg is set up and i just want that to be a comfortable position not being pitched over the front not being too far back just be like evenly balanced which is generally why i have my suspension quite balanced front to back um and then over the course of that day like i brought a shock pump uh this was like a huge just a learning learning opportunity for me so i, I wasn't too bummed to not finish the race but uh i finished the race but not the place in the race um I was checking suspension like all throughout the day and I ended up finding, I think a pretty good, a pretty good spot. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was everything I remembered the the strive to be like the rear suspension just has such a good balance of supple, like off the top feel, but like a very good mid stroke support. Like it's, it's crazy. I just feel like I'm able to like ride in this position and the back wheel is just doing so much work and I'm not really getting pitched forward or backwards and, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good, really good thing. So, uh, going forward, it's just picking which shock I want to use. Basically I've got three options. Um, so, uh, Adam's coming back tomorrow. We'll do some shuttling and try out three different shocks and pick a shock that I think suits my riding style. Cause that's the thing is like this, this frame, there's suspension design, there's tracks, and then there's like my riding style and. I need to figure out which one suits it the best. And then we'll have a testing session with rock shocks and get that shock tuned and then head to Europe and put it to the test. Yeah. And that next race is coming up here. Not so terribly long. Now we touched on it a little bit, but would be curious to hear some more about the start of the season and those first two races in Tasmania. Like you said, um, started off with kind of a little bit of an inconsistent race in Medina talked you described it on instagram i think it's frustrating was the word you used like was it second and fourth in stages in a couple of 70s so 
kind of trying to figure out pace and how hard to push it or where were you at on that one? Um, yeah, I mean, so the build, I mean, it was obviously like, it was a big, <laughs> I think I was, I don't know if I said it in my Instagram post, but I was frustrated because I didn't follow my game plan, which this goes back to what I said before. I got ahead of myself. I wasn't really like, I just got ahead of myself and I wanted to prove all the haters wrong. And I just wanted to go fast, <laughs> uh, but backtracking like, and this is the great thing about Canyon. Like as soon as, you know, as soon as the, the move was, was done, like they were sending me a bunch of stuff to try. We had a, a test camp already, like in uh, that October. Um, and then in January, rock shocks was amazing and sent out a bunch of people. We went to Phoenix and I got like everything. We had a drivetrain guy, a, uh, a brakes guy a suspension guy and like we had like a ton of guys there for me and it felt like so cool these guys are all they're so fun it was like an amazing week but I got like basically a PR like a press a press kit from all these guys because like obviously no nothing everything's changed I need to learn about like the product line and brakes and and the new transmission and 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 the, the suspension so that was great like I got all the new stuff and that was awesome because I picked a great ton of switch because everything is so sick. So that was a huge, like, that took me from, like, one one level so far to the next level. Like, I got all the new stuff. They set me up on it perfectly. And then I went home and was able to just, like, have a huge head start. And then I get flew back to Europe. I had another great team camp, three weeks in Europe, uh, training, testing, had Fabian there, like had everyone there and made huge strides there, won a local Italian race. So I was like, okay, I'm like, everything's going like so well. Um, and so I was just like, okay, this is like, I'm honestly ahead of where I thought I was going to be. And coming into Tasmania, I felt really good. And like I said, Medina was just, that place is, and that place is sick. Like it's a crazy bike park. The trails are so good. They're just way more than I thought they were going to be like steep, long, gnarly, technical. And, uh, it was just, it was just a lot. And I think part of the problem was coming out of winter. Like we didn't have much riding in Squamish. Like it's one of the, like I said, one of the hardest, longest winters we've had and there was snow on the ground. And like, the only thing I could do was go and do like cutties on the dirt road like there was no trails open it was just kind of ridiculous so I don't know I didn't feel too rusty on my bike when I went to Medina but I'm sure like I obviously didn't have the same amount of time as other guys and so that was part of my plan I was like look I'm choosing the Spectral for Tasmania just because I think it's the better bike but you know I have to be realistic with myself and these are the first two races after like six months of just being on a completely new program like it's not that long like I've had 15 years of dialing the last program <laughs> like so i was like i just want to go to tasmania get some solid points and really just build in into europe because we had a huge break so that was my plan and then yeah i'm just i'm just a racer through and through and i got to medina and i was like all right let's, let's light it up <laughs> and then uh i was like doing pretty well stage one was great i think i was fourth on that stage stage two i won and I was like, all right, like, yeah, sweet. And then had a, a weird little, I had an issue on stage three. Obviously everyone's seen the video of that like near death crash. And I burnt my tire after that. So lost a bunch of time there. So I was just like frustrated then. And then, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't settle myself down. And the next stage was the DH track and I did really well on that one. And then I just had a huge crash and yeah, it was just back and forth. Um, yeah. So just frustrating and I, and just frustrating because I didn't, if I just calmed down and listened to what I was 
my smartest self, which was like two weeks prior, I probably could have had, you know, a, a top five, just even a top 10 and like been happy, gotten points and that's all I wanted. And then, yeah, so I didn't do that. Uh, luckily with a new point structure, which is actually really sweet, really worked in my favor because I might have finished 18th, but I was actually 11th in points because I won that stage. I had a second at a fourth because you get, I think top 10 get points on each stage. So so that was sweet. That worked out pretty well. And then, yeah, like I said, came back for Derby. And that time I was like, okay, reset, do what you're supposed to do. Don't let the world on fire. Just go and race your bike and do as good as you can. And then, you know, get through these races and, and start the build up to Europe. And that was a third place. So I was stoked. I was going to ask about the points structure thing. Like, as you said, it certainly worked to your benefit, at least this time around. Uh, but do you have any bigger picture thoughts on how those extra points for good stage results rather than exactly favoring just consistency and the overall race quite as heavily sort of has the potential to change your approach or the way the races pan out or is it just sort of is what it is and the points are different but you're kind of doing the same thing yeah i think uh, part of me thinks it's good because you know i think we we don't do enough races to begin with like we do so little races that every race is so important so it's like super stressful and there's a lot of pressure because like you know, watching Supercross right now and, or like MotoGP or F1, like these guys have like 20 races. And so you can have like quite a few off races and have mistakes and still win it overall. Whereas in Enduro, like you kind of can't, you got to be like, you look at the guys who have won the overalls for the last few seasons and they are just there every single weekend or not even every single weekend, but every, every race weekend, which is only seven times or eight times. And it's like, that's, it's a lot riding on each race. So I think the points per stage is kind of nice because it's, you know, yeah, you have to show up to each race, but if you have an off race, there's still points to be gained, you know, like, and I think that, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off, you know, in the past years, we've had some points for like pro stage and queen stage, but I didn't really like that because it was way too stage specific and maybe the stage didn't suit you. And like, I always found like, I could never do well for the queen stage. The pro stage I was good at, but queen stage, I could just never like do it. And I was always losing points on that, which is always frustrating. So this way it's like, yeah, there's, there's more to be gained. And like, I knew that in, in Medina, I was like, okay, like this is a good stage for me. Like I'm going to go for this stage and I might get some extra points. And that's like good for the, good for the overall. So yeah, I think it's cool. There's a little bit more strategy. Um, so I think, I think it's good. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting and kind of like you said, just the former pro and queen stage format was both just felt a little confusing and kind of a little arbitrary and weird, too. And so this seems better streamlined, easier to follow and be cool to see how it pans out. And yeah, I, I agree. I think it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens. Yeah. But yeah, I think in principle, at least I'm into it. And I do want to just circle back to that near death crash that you described earlier because we'll link to it in the your, the video on your instagram in the show notes for people who haven't seen it but just tell us a little bit about what happened there because that was a wild one yeah uh so that was i mean just one of those things where like i just really pick good spots to get crazy i don't know why but uh just that was like literally the first 10 seconds of stage three i think it was and just up above that like this stage started at this big like 
meeting of trails, like trails coming in, trails going out. It was kind of like this this midpoint of the mountain. And dude, the scene was insane. There was a DJ set up there with a beer garden. And it was basically just a party. There was like, I don't know, hundreds of people there just milling about. And we're like coming up the transition. And there's this like five by five taped off section of our little corral where the start of the stage is. And then you just have people, you're like, there's a piece of white tape and you're like, you're in this crowd, but there's a piece of white tape and there's people right beside you just like basically partying like with like for you with you like they're there to watch the race but it's just like insane like music just blaring like it was hilarious and I had like a bunch of people who I hadn't seen in a long time like come up and talk to me and I was just like I mean like I yeah I was just like it was great I was in the moment I was like this is fine I know that like I'll be fine once the once the clock starts like I'll drop in the stage and it's all good and then uh just one of those things where like in practice, I generally try to practice pretty quick so I know how things work at speed. Um, but that section, someone had warned me like, oh, like watch out for the step down like right in the beginning. So I'd like done it pretty slow in practice. And so when I dropped in for the race, it was like a couple corners, big G out, right-hander. And then you like come out of this G out and it's a fadeaway left step down. And I basically like went a little bit faster than practice and hit the G out. And I just unweighted like way more than I expected. And my back wheel just skipped out. And I was just like fully sideways in the air. And yeah, saved it somehow. I don't know. I was just like, well, this is going to be bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you landed just about perfectly perpendicular to the trail and somehow brought it back around. Yeah, that um, was crazy. But yeah, that was an exciting one. Yeah, that was, that and, was scary. <laughs> and then, yeah, like you said, kind of got third at Derby and putting you what fifth overall now in the standings after those two. How's it been having those two races early and then this pretty lengthy break before heading off to Europe to get things going in? Well, about a month now, I guess it is. I think I'm like, I'm okay with either way. Like, so since COVID we, we, before COVID, we always had these early season races. We'd go to South America or, or down there, Pan Asia. And like, uh, I had liked it cause it was, it gave us a longer season, um, and more, more racing, I thought. Um, but then since COVID we stopped those early season races and I really liked that because it allowed us up here in the Northern hemisphere to like have a spring and have a ton of bike time before the first races. Um, and I think that was a huge thing that helped me last year, which I, I didn't really touch on, but I had like three weeks of racing leading up to the world the world cups and that like really gave me a good building like i had a ton of time on the bike and then some preseason racing and then and then the world cups and so that was great i i really liked that um so these early season races are just like a little blip in between (laughs) winter and that so like now for the last little while i've had like some sweet time at home just riding with friends uh just yeah just a lot more riding we've had some local racing um and I really enjoy my time at home. So I don't know. I like both, I guess is what I'm saying. I think the breaks are a little bit big this year. Like if we had that early season racing, I think you could add another race onto each block and like we could have nine races instead of seven. So it just, it, yeah, I don't, I don't care that the season is long. I like, I like the almost equal balance. It's like six months of racing, six months of, of off season training. So we race until actually not so late this year. I think usually we race until October, but now we're done September 17th. So I think I prefer the later start, later finish just in terms of, yeah, where we live. So, uh, yeah, 
I mean, I, it, either way, though, I don't really I don't really care. It is what it is. Same for everybody. You're going to make it work no matter what. And we've heard a lot about the changes to the race format and uh, just change in broadcasting and stuff from the downhill side. But it seems like it's just been quieter from the enduro folks. And it's probably the case that there, it's less of a shakeup on your side of things than it is for the, the downhillers. But kind of how are you feeling about it overall? We touched on the points thing, obviously, already. But there's a bunch of other stuff that's changing, too. You know, it's like all one day races, which I guess it's kind of been trending towards for a while now anyway. And the combination of having DH and Enduro at a lot of the same stops and, you know, some other tweaks too. So how's it felt? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The biggest difference for us is the, the team who is coming in to manage downhill now has been managing us for, I mean, forever, basically <laughs> it did get a bit of a like UCI kick in, in, I don't know since when that was, but uh yeah the same team as it's just it's our our team now going in and managing everything else so i think a little bit of the spotlight it will be taken off of us but at the same time be put on us from the the uh addition of downhill and cross country so i've looked at it as like it's going to be only a good thing for us we might be like the sideshow of downhill at the big double events but I think being a sideshow of downhill might still make us bigger than the no show, you know, if, if that makes sense. Um, Enduro has always been hard to cover and, and watch and people have always kind of complained about that. So once I figure out the downhill stuff, like I know nothing's happening this year for us in terms of live coverage, but I'm hoping that like once they prove themselves to the downhill and XC folk, like they can put more, energy and efforts into into bringing us into a live broadcast because i know the guys running it or the team running it like guys and girls and they love enduro as much as as much as i do and as much as we all do and like that's so i'm not too worried like they're not going to forget about us uh they're going to try really hard to make enduro what they think enduro can and should be um so I, i think it's good and i think going to the first races i was i was impressed like there's a whole bunch more people on the ground um so that was like really cool to see. There's a lot more like effort put into the production of the whole thing. Um, the reseeding for the last stage is amazing because it really brings that finished corral from the downhill NXC scene into it. So like we we reseed top 30 at the last stage and then they they really put an effort into making the finished corral, big jumbotron, you know, whatever, food and drinks and people are hanging out. And then as much as I wanted to be going last in, in Medina, it was great because I finished and I got to watch the race unfold like a lot of the downhills get to do. And so that was really cool. It was such a like fun scene to be a part of. So um, to me, it was, I mean, it was better. Um, I think there's still a lot of room to grow. You know, I would love there to be some live coverage. I think, you know, downhills impressed, like it's insane. I've, I've watched downhills. I've gone there. and like, those guys go so fast. It's insane. But I also think the speed that we go at with one practice run is pretty similarly insane and so i'd love to be able to express that and kind of share what that's like to to the general public so i'm I'm hoping that they can figure that out somehow yeah and this is something i've thought about a fair bit and talked to some people on here too it's like it would be great to get some live coverage going but it also just the format of enduro as you said feels way less conducive to it it's a harder nut to crack than downhill for sure on that front and I guess I'm just curious, you know, if you were in charge and got to just 
dictate on from on high how it was all going to go, like both in terms of broadcasting and anything else that you want to throw out in terms of the race format or whatever else. What would you want to see? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I think it, the problem is whatever you do is never going to be good enough. So even if you try like a little bit, people are just going to complain. So it's that's you're kind of like there's nothing you can do that's perfect you know uh and the way that i think about it is like you just you can have static cameras set up on every stage like you know we've seen it in crankworks they just have like gopro set up and just have something like that and people can like click through and watch what stage they want see where their rider's at who they want to follow and be like oh that person's starting this stage and then click onto that like feed and then watch them start maybe watch one section in the middle or something and maybe watch them finish and then you see the time pop up and like you know, I watch, I've gone to the point of like watching seeding or like qualities and downhill, just watching the, the timing sheet, like watching the things pop up. And so like, if I could just see a camera feed at that split time or their start and their finish and then watch their time pop up, like I love, I mean, maybe I love racing more than other people, but like, I love watching that stuff. So that's a pretty easy start for like most stages. And then, and then, yeah, the last stage, like we've seen it in Crankworks, they've done it like in years past, they've had a great feed. They have a live feed for the last stage. They have multiple cameras and then they follow us into the finish line and they have, you know, us in the corral waiting for the time to show up. And I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't need much, but this is the thing is if they were to do that, hundred people, hundred percent people would complain like, Oh, that's what like abysmal coverage. Like this sucks. Like, can't they do any better? And you're like, well, do you want nothing or do you want something? You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's it's funny and like along the same lines i just saw they posted like the coverage details for for gcn for the world cup and thankfully someone's like first comment was like you know what i'm happy to pay for this like we've gotten free content for so long and if we want this sport to be big and you know how much how many freaking subscriptions do we pay for like you can pay for a subscription to watch downhill i'm or cross country like I, I bought one immediately and i was like it's i don't know 60 bucks a year like it's not that much <laughs> to like watch sick racing i don't i really don't get the issue it's uh yeah now that's been my take the whole time too i mean we've been spoiled by the red bull coverage but i'm happy to pay 60 bucks a year if the coverage is is good and you know we'll see but i've got reason to believe it will be and i've got some faith you know there's people are working hard at this it can't be that bad like i don't know i don't think it can be like it's not gonna be the same you're not gonna have rob warner and that's a shame but what you do have is the best riders in the world going really fast and that doesn't change. So that's what I want to watch. Yep. Very much agreed. And then I guess kind of to bring it home here, you know, we're a little ways into the 2023 season, as we talked about, you're off to Europe in a little less than a month, I guess, as of when we're recording this and kind of, do you have any particular goals for either the next couple of races or the season overall? How are you looking at that? Yeah, I mean, you should know my answer by by how I was early in the podcast, but uh, I'm just looking forward to racing race by race. Overall, is what it is. Like, like I said, I'm 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 so stoked that I won it last year. Like, I'm I'm stoked that I didn't like. I'm I'm happy I capitalized on that chance. You know, like it could have been years and years. You look at Gwen in the world. It's like you don't you don't always have like the ability to so when I was so close to get it and, and to like kind of re emphasize, I guess my 2020 win with, uh, with an asterisk, like that's great. Like I technically won, I was the fastest that season. Um, 
so I, I'm just happy with that. And I just want to keep having good races, keep having fun, enjoy kind of my time doing what I'm doing and, and meet new people, share the stoke. Like it's been, it's been really cool having won that season last year because people are stoked for me. I see them on the trails and they always say hi. I'm like, it's just, it's sweet. Cause you just, it's such a cool sport that I'm like, I'm, I'll be up for a ride. And someone's like, Oh dude, congrats. I'm like, they're up for a ride and we're doing the same thing and we're all having fun. Like it's so cool. So yeah. Uh, I just want to enjoy my time. I had the the drive now, which like on this weekend just fired me up. I, the thing is so sick. So I just can't wait. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here, but I just want to light it up. <laughs> I just really want to take that bike and go really fast. So uh, I'm looking forward to the first races and uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I feel like, yeah, I feel invigorated and I feel ready to go, ready to go fast. So looking forward to going finale, which is one of the best places we get to go to have some gelato and pizza on the beach and be back for the team and back racing. Yeah. It's just what I love to do. So no, that's the plan. Perfect. I think that's a good note to wrap up on here. And we're certainly looking forward to watching along with all of it. So thanks for coming on. This was a ton of fun and best of luck with the rest of the season. Thank you so much. This was great. All right. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And I would like to give a big thank you to Jesse Malamed for the conversation. Thanks as always to Taylor Ahern for producing the episode. And of course, thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, Please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we'll be back again next week. Bye, everybody.